blessed today, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm blessed, man. Uh, correspondent for the Trevor Noah show. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe he's in the new Netflix zone as well with, with the boy Steve Carell. I don't know if I said that name right, but... Yeah, you did, you did. I say that to say this, a.k.a. Mr. Dr. Azebo, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Nelson Mandela. You know what I'm saying? A.K.A. The young uh, legend himself, Roy Wood Jr., man. He, he, he's blessed me on, on the Stay Down Podcast. Thank you, Roy. Hey man, it's all good, man. Appreciate the invitation. You know, anybody from the crib trying to cook, I'll fuck with you. Like that's it's it's that simple. I wish it was more complicated than that. I ain't even asked you what high school you went to, which is normally my first move when I meet a new nigga from the crib, because I gotta judge you. That's true. <laughs> you know. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I went to Ramsey, but then I always I always followed up with, but I was zoned for West End. I was supposed to go to West End. I, I, uh, I remember you stating that in, uh, in, a, in an interview. Uh, you said uh, you were with the gifted kids. Your mom your mom wanted you to, you know what I'm saying? She bounced you around back in the day. I, 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 I feel as though that's yeah. where you got the chops from, West End area. Well, you know what? I, so, so for the people not from Birmingham listening, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we grew up 35211, which was, you know, one of the rougher zip codes in the city and so you know i made a couple decent grades so then my mom sent me man i went to ephesus for a quick minute Ephesus, little catholic private situation okay um that didn't go good behaviorally for me Mm. so i went i ended up back over at central park for elementary then she sent me all the way to roebuck to go to christian sixth grade um i got in the gifted program and all that so you can get bus wherever you wanted to go in the city so she sent me out there with the white folks figuring that'd be a good situation but it's it's not because you're being teachers raise you and so you're being raised by people that don't understand the experience of a black boy so i ended up back over at center street you know over in titusville for the rest of middle school which was a much more proper situation that's the, um, west side. That's the west side correct but not my zone i was zoned for green acres so okay so i'm over at center street for a minute and then i left center street and went to ramsey then um i wasn't that good at algebra in high school so i ended up going to summer school two years in a row i went to parker one year mm. and then the next year i went to ramsey i went to um to west end back in these days in birmingham there were four schools that were designated as summer school for the city. Like the way I think it's set up now, you go to your own high school for summer school. Mm, where yeah, back, so no, so back in the nineties, you could be a we known the nigga, and they would send you to West End for mm. for some, which is war. You know what I'm saying? As far as I'm concerned, that so is true. that's true. So Jo Cats would get sent to Inslee back when Inslee High School was still standing. So there were a lot of different mixes. I say all of that to say, coupled that with when I, you know, I left for college, I came back in 90, in 2001. I graduated high school in 96. I came back to Birmingham in 2001. Bam, you. And so, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How was that? So, How was that, How was that uh, adjustment? You know what I'm saying? I, I know that's a different pace uh, in Florida area. 
And then so, you Man, I ain't never been smooth with women. I just had a couple jokes, you know. I'm a good wingman. I win wingman of the year. Ugh. I can kill him. I can kill him on the cosign. I can hide, like I'm the dude that throw the oop. Okay. <laughs> you know, but there was, you know, it was good. I went. I wanted to go to school out of state because I needed a change of scenery. You know, exactly. that's no disrespect to the people that I went to school with, but I was alright in high school because, and I, the reason why I told you that whole long ass story is that it wasn't until high school that I was in the same school for more than two years ever so you know we were in Memphis till I was in the second grade before we moved here so like I didn't really have a lot of deep bonds with people high school was the first time I was really tight with a lot of folks but at that point I was so used to moving and bouncing around I was like man what else is out there what's next what's the next what's the next challenge what's the next thing yeah. The, the upside, though, the upside to going to pretty much, I went to a school system in every side of town in this city, including when we still lived in Memphis, and I would come visit my pops, um, he would send me over to Kingston. I wasn't even supposed to be in school. The Memphis school system in a month before Birmingham. My mama sent me here to be with my daddy. This nigga sent me to most school. I'm like, motherfucker. I don't think you understand how summer vacation is supposed to work. Exactly. But, you know, so I was over on the north side for a but minute. You, so you say that I, I always got the impression your mom and dad were together. Yeah, they were. They were. They were separated for like about a year or two when my dad came to Birmingham to kind of lay the roots at Win 107 and do all the radio shit. My mom was still in grad school. So they was just kind of doing the long, hey, you go get your hustle. I'm going to be over here getting this master's degree to make sure I get us to the next level. And we'll just swap the boy out once a month. And that's kind of what the situation was until we all moved here. The upside to me being all over the place in Birmingham, though, is that when I came back to 95.7, when I came back in 01 and started at 95.7, I knew the whole city. Because I fucking went to school on every side of town. There wasn't, there wasn't a person... And then you, on top of that, you lay the boys club on top of that. So now you're meeting all the black kids from Hueytown and Pleasant Grove and Bessemer and the suburbs. I went to the, um, it used to be the Alabama boys club and then they flipped it to A.G. Gaston. Mm. A.G. Gaston bought all that property in West End. And so that became, so in a weird way, it just, I don't know, man. It was, it was dope because I knew most, I, I, if I didn't know you, I could, I could get to you. It's one degree of separation. That's that's still kind of how it is now. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Everybody know each other in Birmingham. I swear everybody know each other in Birmingham. Even if you don't know, you know of them. Exactly. And you can do a little homework. You know, yeah. I'll be, I'll keep it 100. You know, 2015, I moved to New York when I started The Daily Show. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, and this is I used to come Daily back to Birmingham Trevor probably every four to six weeks. Even when I've been living in LA, like I was always coming back. But the last five years, I ain't really had a chance to check in because that job is just so go, go, go. That I come home, it's three days at a time. This this corona shit been the longest I've been at the crib in a decade. How how so how were you adjusting to that? was that was the was the chicken sandwich uh that was before that was before that you got out on but but before we before we go yeah. before, before we go into that 
before we go into that, I wanted to go into the ninety five seven because that's really when when I when I when I knew who you were like like um, prank phone calls. I'm, t- I'm telling you, ninety uh, my mom and them they really didn't didn't do the ninety five seven uh, way. They was more of the uh, Tom John in the morning. Ninety eight seven kiss, yeah, yeah. Which is the same umbrella, but you know what I'm saying? It's a different type ride. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's I, a different when, vibe. When I was with my auntie, she would play. You know what I'm saying? She would play ninety five seven. She was she was younger. You know what I'm saying? High school. So she would she would play, and I would hear your uh, prank phone calls. I'm like, who is this dude? It's similar. I, I'm thinking it's a joke. I'm thinking like like they gotta it's gotta be fake. You know what I'm saying? And I and I remember in your albums, you was like, yo, for the people that stand is fake. You know what I'm saying? You used to talk so heavy to this day, day because I it's the only thing in my career that I've ever taken offense to. I've had people send me the nastiest emails. Cause you know I do political comedy on com on Daily Show. That's political, so you know my fuckers gonna get at you in the DMs. That's all in the game. The only thing that's ever gotten under my skin is when people say my prank calls a stage is scripted. It fucking infuriates me because it's this assumption of laziness and inauthenticity. I can't say the word tonight. I've been drinking. You but you were good. It's inauthentic, you know, and that's not right. Like. They'll say it on YouTube under the comments sometimes. Sometimes, yo, I jump in. I can't resist it. I'll jump in. I, I can't help it, man. They yeah. talking shit about my work. And I'm like, nah, this is real. At the end of the day. There's no way he's that quick. Is it? Because you come it's out pointless. so smooth. And he's like, this is a real conversation. Dr. Zip and Zip. And, and how you flow. Your flow is so me but like you can only script like with a prank phone call you can only script the first minute mm. if you really break down a prank phone call whether it's me ricky smiley nephew tommy any of these cat billy sorrells right now with head crack he's got, um, the, he's got the crown right now yeah yeah i would say right now you know nephew tommy yeah nephew you tommy. know ricky, I would say ricky tommy. don't do him as much but you know billy sorrells if there's a hot young rookie, though, if there's a Zion Williamson to keep your eye on, I would say it's Billy Sorrell's right now with that shit. But well, a prank you- call is basically I'm either in attacking you or I'm asking something of you that I know you cannot give me. And you're just creating conflict. It's, it's confrontation or it's impossible request. Those are the only two types of... Pr- like... The prank call where this one's legendary. I don't even know if you can find this online anywhere. Ricky Smiley called Delta Sigma Theta to try to book a flight. Southwest Airlines, this is Shauna. How can I help you? Yes, I was trying to. I got a. Uh, like to make a flight reservation, please. From where to where? I'm from Birmingham to Los Angeles. You just have one flight available to parts out of Birmingham at 11.50 in the morning. That would arrive at the L.A. I got a, a, a few questions uh, because I have some concerns. We ain't never flown before. What what kind of food do they serve on the plane? We don't we don't serve meals on our planes. We have snacks. Serve? So if you want to bring your own food, you're more than welcome. Okay, because I'm... I wanted to bring a pot of pinto beans and oxtail. Would I have a problem getting through security? You want to bring a pot of pinto beans? And oxtails. And oxtails. You going to eat those on the plane? Yes, I was going to eat them. (laughs) She's going to eat those on the plane. I imagine I was. I mean, that's a long flight. Uh, Yeah, you could do that, but just put it in like a Tupperware dish or something. 
Well, well, I mean, is it going to show up on the x-ray? It might, but you have to have it in your carry-on. Or, you know, you'd have to have it in, in you know, in your carry-on luggage. Just to, yeah, but it'll show up on your x-ray because you got to put it through. You got to put the everything through security. Now, pack. what's a carry-on? Like the bag you carry your clothes in. You know, oh, like okay. your your carry-on well, how many, bag. How many uh, bags? Because I got um, a pot and I do have some Tupperware to put the bread in. Uh, well, well, you don't that smell up the plane? Now, what's the plane made out of? How big is the seats and where we going to sit? Do they got a well, table we don't have there? a sign seating on Southwest. You sit where you want to sit. It's open seating. It's like the bus. Well, well do no, have three a hot, seats. A hot plate seats. or a microwave on the airplane? Because no. we ain't never flown on that. No, plane. we don't have that. So you need to heat your food up before you leave or, or something like that. You have a layover in Nashville, so you could eat your food we, in Nashville. We're going to L.A., eh? I know, but... We're not trying to go to Nashville. I'm well, going in the other if you direction. listen to what I have to say, then then you'll you'll hear me before you say something well, what to you, me. Well, say what you're saying. Okay, well, I'm trying to, but you keep interrupting me. The flight changes planes in Nashville. Why? That's, why? Because we don't. We don't... Baby, we, we're short-haul airlines. We, we're not a long-haul I'm old, but I'm not hard of hearing. Don't holler in my ear. I said we do not have any nonstop flights. Well, what? Uh, how much leg room it is, and and how big is the table? I mean, the table's gonna face. The each seat other. is three by three. Uh, well, do y'all have entertainment on the plane? No. Like a live band, mighty clouds of joy. No, we don't do all that. You have to bring your own music if that's Well, where the case. is this stuff? Uh, Tom Joyner keep talking about. What do Tom Joyner keep on talking about? He just say fly southwest, don't he? We don't have entertainment. We don't. We don't do well, any of that. Did he say he's supposed to have uh, Tom Joyner says Southwest Airlines to have the Gap Band, and they're supposed to have uh, uh, the Gap Band. What was the, 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 the family reunion thing that Tom Joyner said he was having? <laughs> and he said that in It's not on Southwest Airlines. Jay and Mr. Well, Bree. Well, you talking about you talking about the Essence Festival? That's in New Orleans. I have but no don't idea. But Tom Joyner uh, owns that airplane because we no, Tom Joyner don't own no airplane on Southwest. Well, what, well, what he is just, he talking he about? He's on TV on the commercial file. Well, you ask Tom Joyner. I guess you can call in the radio I station and ask, ask him. You, you work for well, Southwest I don't have anything to do with that. Something wrong with this lady. Something wrong with her. I don't know what's wrong with her. She's being very irate. They got me on these brand new blood pressure pills and stuff. When you holler, it makes my... I'm not hollering at you. You hollering at me, ma'am. Because he thought it was Delta Airlines. And... It's him as an old lady yes. trying to get this Delta. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. We not Delta the airplane. We Delta. Well, why y'all got the same name as Delta? Yeah. You need to change your goddamn names. Like, that's funny. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. an impossible request. So, you know, it was it was dope to to do that. I will I will be honest in saying that I never wanted to do prank phone calls. I I didn't, but. That's what was required me required of me. I feel as though that, that was what was hot at the time. Like you said, uh, you brought up Ricky Smiley as as he he's, he's he's came back to the city now. Um, you know, I, I feel as though you like the the, the the black butterfly, if you will, like the black horse that got away the the slave, they got the, the, the jangle of the city. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm now, Cause, 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 Ricky forever OG man. You yeah. know why I say Ricky's Ricky's forever OG. Because Ricky is the first person from Birmingham to get on cable and scream Alabama, period. Mm-hmm. And 
that shit was like a bat signal for anybody from the crib with a dream. You see a nigga from the north side mm. figure out. Well, I don't know what's Ricky claiming now, Kingston or what? I, I know he always be claiming. I want to say it's West End. Yeah, he, he he knows all the areas though. Yeah, he flip flop. At the time, he was always claiming Kingston. So, <laughs> oh, Kingston, you see yeah, this man. dude of you know cross tenth on TV straight rep. I'm like, damn, I could do it. Yeah. And so then I get home and Ricky bounce from 95.7 to go start his radio show, right? That he did. So I call up Buck Wild, and Buck Wild at the time was the host at 95.7. He goes, all right, what can you do? I said, well, I want to do fake commercials. I want to do parody songs. I had some idea. You know, I had a nicely, my degree is in broadcast. So yeah. I came with a little portfolio, presented him show ideas and concepts. And he goes, well, right now, I just need you to do prank phone calls. That's our number one feature on the show. And with Ricky gone, we don't have anyone to do that feature. So for as long as you do prank phone calls, you can do whatever the fuck else you want in this building. I ain't going to pay you. See you Monday morning. <laughs> and so that was the game. And, you know, Buck, I, I do have to give props. So, you know, Buck Wild, even though the station at the time, 95.7, wouldn't pay me salary, radio DJs get a bonus every three months based on their ratings. And so, whatever the ratings were, Buck would break me off half of his fucking bonus. And you're not some lying. G shit. You're not lying. Like, when I say the um, Buck Wild Morning Show was the hottest show, like where the Breakfast Club is now, like it was for the for the city, it was it was that show. So listen, if we'd have had cameras in the studio and if YouTube was what it is today, exactly. it would have been a different situation. Though I feel like Buck did a good job of getting under a lot of people's skin in Birmingham. And so, you know, there's a lot of people wanting to fight Buck. If I'm gonna be real with you, Buck, yeah. Buck talked a lot of shit on the air, and Birmingham is a very sincere city. Yeah. So, if you treat me a certain way, motherfucker, you best you best mean that shit when I pull up. And so, <laughs> it was always funny to see Buck at a station event because he'd be, <laughs> yo, I think Buck Wild head gets, on the swivel. I think Buck Wild gets his Jeep stolen on a daily base now. I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to, you know what I'm saying, but yeah. I, but, you know, 95.7 was, you know, Tracy Morgan talked about it like Star Wars when he talked about Saturday Night Live and he called it the Dagobah system where he learned all his training on how to become a Jedi, you know. But 95.7 was good because we did a lot of community service. You know, I met even more people in the city, got connected with people that's dreaming and doing big things. And that was a very important part of my growth, especially the prank phone calls because the station wouldn't pay me for the prank calls. But then I got, I started peeping game and I realized nationally, there's a lot of local black morning shows and they ain't getting paid shit and they need content. So I took my shit and I would mail it to them. I took my prank phone calls I did for 95.7 and I would mail them to other, I would burn them onto a CD mail them to random black radio stations across the country and go, yo, it's yours to play, just say my name. And the DJs would spend my shit. Master. I let that cook for three months. And then I would call the local comedy club in that market where that radio station was and go, look, I know you ain't never heard of me, but I'm on the radio every day. So you may as well fuck with me in your club. And that's how I was able to grow my road, my road work while I was working at 95.7. So, you know, that that was the grind. But, you know, 
it never feels like a grind. It just felt like the logical that I want it. Yeah. What do I need to do to get it? To get hurt. I can do that. Okay, cool. I can do that. Drive five hours, do the show, drive right back so I can still have my job in the morning. Yeah. There was there was two years, bro. There was two years. Maybe like 04 and 05, right before I dipped to LA. There was two years, and I did the math on it. There was two years where I physically spent more time in my car than my home or my job. Just hours upon hours every day, just on the freeway, up and down the road. And I added them all up, and I spent more physical time in my car seat than in my own goddamn bed. But it, it don't feel, it never, it just never felt like it. Like it's that was just. That's just what it, yeah. This is the price of admission, man. So you want to get it. Yeah. I think Jamel Hill said uh, she, she saw you on the, um, she, she saw your, uh, your content on the, or heard your content on the Fox Hill, the Fox Hole, Jamie Foxx uh, internet show. Yeah. That, and that, what do you think all that content was at the Fox Hole? A gang of prank calls I'd done for the past decade. Mm-hmm. Boiled it down to the best 40. Sent them bitches over to the program director and said, will you play these for me, please? And at the time, nobody else had a bunch of pranks that they were sending over. Ricky had a handful. Ricky had CDs, but Ricky also had a morning show that was syndicated. So essentially, he couldn't send content to the Foxhole because he was competing with himself. That's what I'm saying. You had the crown. You really had the crown. The prank phone call crown. Like, you made prank phone calling a thing in Alabama. Like, it was a thing to do. Like, prank phone calling people. Like, like, I'm serious. I can't do it no more, man. That shit is a young man's game, bro. That's the one thing I really figured out. You know, two things change. One, um, you get older. Two, there's certain types of activities where you have to have a recklessness about them. You have to not respect you have to have no respect for the edge live on the edge so I'm, fine i'm reading it on the, in the superior man the way of the superior man you have to you have to live in that and your 20s are your best time for that because there's less consequence i'm 41 i'm not finna deal with some nigga suing me because i told him i was gonna beat his ass at applebee's i'm not gonna do that <laughs> other thing that changed the other thing that because there's a lot of prank calls, bro. There's a lot of pranks that went left that really could have got me fucked up. And yeah. that's why when people say, when people say, oh, they're fake, I'm like, no, you don't understand. And you don't know what's Cleveland, going behind it. Like anybody Cleveland did. ran up on me at the merch table after my comedy show on a prank I did five months early. So somebody from Cleveland? Yeah, I at this by the time pranks was really popping. When I started popping at 95.7, I couldn't keep prank calling people in the city. Everybody knew my voice. Exactly. So I had to start calling out-of-towners. That was the only way to keep the prank calls going after like two years because everybody knew me. Because I think but, you called somebody. Nah, man. I think one, um, I'm, I'm older and I have less of a filter. I, I, I'm older and I have more of a filter. And then also the relationship between people and their phones have changed. So, you know, people ain't answering the phone. That's true. Un- you know, you get an unlisted number. Yeah. People will send you the voicemail and text you and ask you who this. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
to even try to do prank phone calls now. God bless Billy Sorrells because he's doing it. That's an uphill battle, just trying to get people to answer the phone, man. But, you know, the prank calls are something, regardless of how I felt about them in the beginning, I would not be where I am without that library of content to be able to trade as barter to other people and stations and the CDs that I sold them shits kept me fed on nights where I wasn't making enough in gas money to go get the gig. There's times where I drove to gigs without knowing. I drove to gigs knowing I didn't have the gas money to get back home. And you walk on stage knowing I got to sell five CDs. If I don't sell five CDs, I got to spend the night in this city and wake up in the morning and go do day labor just to get money to come home which means I'm going to miss a day of work back in Birmingham. So I can't. So you got to be funny tonight. You got to be high. You don't have a choice. But, you know, I'd do it all over again, man. If anything, I'd do it sooner. You caught a charge. When was this? That, I was that, 19. You were 19. That's part of what got me in. Yeah, you were still in blue jeans. Mm-hmm. Blue jeans. So, yeah, so we had we, we came up on a, cre- on a stolen credit card. And this is for the ones who, who, who say, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not, not not to say that you soft, but like for the for the for the naysayers that because I'm a, I'm a I'm a private school kid myself, and that's why I feel as though we have our connection. You know what I'm saying? We black private school kids, and it's a, it's a um it's a stigma. oh yeah, it's an assumption. It's an it's an assumption that like we I ain't... came up with particular X Y Z. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I got. I grew up two doors down from a crack house on South Park Road. My next door neighbor is still in jail right now for murder. So I grew up around an element yeah. and I made choices that I probably shouldn't have made. But at the end of the day, because I went to a particular school, or I pronounced a word different. doesn't mean that someone didn't have the same potholes to avoid. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, we steal some jeans. I think I'm going to prison. So the way the way it kind of all unraveled, I got arrested. We get arrested for credit card fraud on like Thanksgiving. It's like the day before Thanksgiving, and so we get arrested. I get back in school in January, right? And this is I'm 19 years old when all this is happening. I get arrested. I go back to school in January. I meet with my lawyer. My lawyer says, "Yo." Um, they got you, you know. They got facing, you. They got you. You facing five. Mm-hmm. They'll probably give you two. Ooh, Jesus. But you're a teenager. You got a job, and you're in college, so they may not let the system chew you completely up. They may give you a year. But I figure he so he told me he told me he said get your affairs in order to be gone at least a year. I said, okay, cool. That's sick. So, I did not know this. So this is January. This is January 99 at this point. Yeah. Um, so I get the word from my lawyer. It's around MLK weekend. I get the word from my lawyer that I'm going to jail. My sentencing isn't until June. So I got time to get my affairs in order. He got me a bunch of continuances and all this other shit. So... I take the plea, 
you know, I plead guilty or whatever. And then I get a letter in the mail from Florida A&M University letting me know that I've been suspended from campus for the year for violation of the student code of conduct for the, you know, the arrest. Okay, fine, no problem. The very next day, I get a check in the mail for my financial aid. Now, I've just been told I don't have any classes to pay for. But I also now have a check for $7,000 in my hand. And I'm going to jail in five months. Fuck it. I'm about to spend this $7,000 on whatever the fuck I want to buy. And at the time, I'd always had an itching to do stand-up. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this comedy shit. See what the fuck this talking about. I ain't, I ain't got nothing else to do. I'm suspended from school. I'm working at Golden Corral. I'm playing Madden. Well, I'm going to do an open mic. Did an open mic. Liked it. Tried to find another open mic. It wasn't until next month. And at that point, the adrenaline of getting on stage, that substitutes doing dirt. I really believe a lot of cats that do dirt do it for the adrenaline. It has mm. nothing to do with the money. It has nothing to do with feed my kids. It's either this or the... <laughs> some Some of them niggas is out there straight up for the addiction Shooting up. of... the thr- It's just there's a thrill to it. If you can substitute the adrenaline, that is, that, I promise you, I, I promise you, that's 90... That, that's probably 80%. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why B. Simone said she like drug dealers she don't she don't date a nine to five she says she likes entrepreneurs which uh-huh. i guess is a ratchet way for saying drug dealers. i don't know what are your what god are your, bless that girl god okay we, we just don't so but so so long story short so i get the seven thousand dollars i i use the seven thousand dollars to fund road work i just started riding the greyhound all over the country off this seven thousand dollars i live off the seven thousand dollars until my sentence I get to sentencing and the nigga gives me probation. No mm. reason why my my lawyer was more shocked than me. I think I think it's because what did you have any prior uh convictions? Have you ever been No any, prior convictions? That's what I'm saying. He was he was a smart kid. And then I and guess it's the it's the it's the it's the law you broke. You said it was credit card fraud. Usually Yeah, it's credit card and mail. I mean there's no it's a there is a victim in the crime in terms of the banking system, but yeah. There's no, there's no one crying, demanding that I go. Like, Dillard's isn't gonna show up to court going, fucking, he hurt me. Yeah. Like, so maybe that worked to my advantage, but Usually you know, by Russ, the time Russ just take the, take the, uh, what is that, the, the Levi's off the rack and just run out the door. Like, <laughs> the way you did it was, 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 it was some thought into it. Yeah, we, it was there was there was definitely some misapplied genius in those days, exactly. but. We, you know, that ultimately what happened is that 1999, I was given a year off of college and $7,000 to get my comedy career off. Mm, And when I came back to school, I was already making bread on the road. So I went on the road every weekend to tell jokes and then would come back to class. I made the dean's list the rest of the time in college just because I literally didn't have time to study because I got to get on the Greyhound. 
And then my mom bought me a car, but she this, made a down payment on the car. Mm -hmm. It was a wrap after that, bro. Is this junior year put me there? Is this junior year, sophomore this year? This is junior year. Junior okay. year of college. When I got back, when I got back from the suspension, it was still junior year. Okay, so you're on the road, you know what I'm saying, junior year. Yeah, and everybody knew too, man. That's a, You know what sucks about getting, a re getting suspended from college is that all the professors know. They know your story. All the professors know. I remember we had a um we had a bomber on campus. There was a um there was a guy that was leaving pipe bombs in the bathroom and trying to trying to kill us. Yeah. And three or four pipe bombs went off in in men's restrooms around campus. And you know, it's a big man hunt. We got to find him. Busy and lock him up blah blah blah. Um and when they couldn't get a suspect, campus police just went around rounding up any student that had any type of legal trouble, period. And just straight was just yanking us out of class, dog. Like the shit was fucking, I look back on it, I'm like, that was some wild shit. You know, you know at the time it didn't feel wild, but I look back on it, like that's crazy. Like the police just walking, yeah, you come on out here. and take you to a side room, ask you 40 questions about whether or not you hate the university and all that stuff. But, you know, it was just them, you know, kicking the tires on people. I get it. Yeah. But when you walk back in class after the police have come to get you, like, I don't know. That's the only thing I didn't like about being back in school is how many people knew and how many people chose to judge me mm. because of it. You know, but you know what that. But that's the that's the beautiful thing about a black college is that all you need is one person to not throw you away. But for me, that was Dr. James Hawkins and um, you know Professor Kenneth Jones. You know those two really, and Dr. Cross, Dr. White, like those those professors, like really, you know, you know, kept me in check. Yeah. And so you know that was that was a good thing. I think I think yeah, I I agree because I think. Um... It's, it's professors you gravitate to, like your favorite professor, if you if you will. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of speaking of speaking of um, you know what I'm saying? What's that? Police uh, grabbing you here and there. Um, one comedian to another. Did you did you uh did you watch the Dave Chappelle thing at all? Uh, Dave Chappelle, eight forty six. Yeah, I saw it, man. I don't even think it's fair to call that a comedy show as much as a sermon you know Chappelle was up there spitting some real shit man and you can tell us from the heart you know tragedy plus time equals comedy and Chappelle shows you what happens when you take time out the equation is that it's just raw emotion but you know it was real which is why the pockets where there were laughs were earned and like proper like he almost used laughter as a pressure release valve you know more than as a, a weapon of deliberate, you know, interaction or deliberate performance, you know. Yes, so it was still a little comedic pepper, you know what I'm saying, laughter in there, but it was some real shit. And this is what happens when comedy comes out the oven too early. It's still real. It's still spicy, you know. And that don't mean that it's bad. That's beautiful, you know. Streets couldn't wait. People needed something comedy because what you're supposed to do as a comedian you're supposed to see the thing happen 
then you're supposed to wait six months, write your jokes, go get them tuned up in the clubs, get it polished, then put it on TV. Chappelle was talking about shit that happened two, three days ago. Speaking of prior that, to his performance. Mm, speaking of that, what 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 are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, on today's climate? I, uh, I think it's good. I think I think what's happening in this country is far different than anything we've seen before just because you have a lot more white people stepping up. You know, white people trying everything. They dancing, they white people have done everything but legally changed their names to Tyrone to try to prove that they trying to stand with black people and you know, you got corporations doing stuff. Whether or not whether or not it's for the right reasons can be argued, but at least the corporations are trying and if nothing else, that sways public perfection. I don't think that's a bad thing, but you know, I think that we have a lot of fight left to go. I think that protests start as a great jumping off point for larger, more delicate conversations that have to be had at the policy level down the road. You know, you're not going to legislate policy in the middle of tear gas canisters getting loud. You know, they like to wait for people to calm down and then tiptoe away and still run the okie doke. And that's when we have to be even more vigilant and keeping your foot on the next politician sure that cops aren't because at the end of the day the police are the tip of a sword you need to cut off the hand holding it that was hard that was hard two more questions because i know you gotta go you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. i want to ask you this where were you when uh i know you're a sports man where were you when kobe died and how did you feel like what it was what was your what was your emotions I was at a monster truck rally with my four-year-old son. And he, first off, he loved monster trucks. I don't know how, I don't know when it happened, but he loves monster trucks. So we go to a monster truck rally like once a year. Okay. And we're sitting there, me, him, my girl, and we're just watching the trucks. And then like everybody in our section all got an alert you know some dudes it was espn some people cnn and i just see and my head just went down you look up and around the arena you can just see everybody in their phones nobody's looking at the monster truck route and it was just an air of just like the air got taken out the arena and it's like everyone knew but nobody said anything to each other a lot of these was white folks who may not even be basketball fans for all i know but yo you still had you still knew who he was you were still aware of his persona and his his worth kobe was like a jewel i really want to say that man like you really wanted to beat a man i think Chappelle touched on it uh slightly but like he was like kobe was like the glue that kept america together like in a way like white people yeah. loved him black people loved him Asian people love him. Like, Asian you know, Italians love him. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He was Kobe, man. Yeah. He was really like a legend. I want to ask you this. I want to tell you this. Um, I heard you was a Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, you no, good. You trash. good. Actually, actually, we got we. I got I got a brother. We got a black coach though. We do. We do. <laughs> and we got a center that's from Restoration Academy named Dion Calhoun. I want you, I want you to um. Word. Yeah, he's from Russell. He's okay. From the city. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? All right. All right. Love is the quarterback now. I don't I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not uh as fluent in 
in that, but you know, you can definitely uh, touch, touch elbows with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to get down there to the Dolphins camp, see what they're talking about. Tell them I sent you, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> Deion Calhoun, he, he, he's nice. I think he's uh, yes, sir. starting center. Man, this has been uh, the good brother Roy Woods Jr. Man, listen, um, for the people. And I want to ask you this. This is the last question. Yeah. I hear, I hear on Twitter you you, you starting now. Uh, you got you, it's rumblings. It's uh, whispers of a podcast emerging. <laughs> I don't know if it's fair to call it a podcast as much as some sort of I don't know digital radio program show. I can't I can't get any details yet because I'm gonna get it all ironed out with these contracts straight once I do. Um, I'll spread the word, but I think it's going to be something that's going to really help the people. That's the goal. That is, that is legend, legend, Roy Woods. Do you have a name yet? Uh, I can't even tell you the name because gotcha. it'll give away the premise. Too much, and, y'all. Y'all too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's, that's yeah, me. but please believe I'm gonna come back through, man. We're gonna try and promote. And and um, for the one you, you on the, the new Netflix show, I, I wanted to. Yeah, Space Force and uh, this season, the last OG. But, mm-hmm. you know, just my name is Roy Wood Jr., no S, and just put an at sign in front, put a dot com on the back half. You'll find me and see what I'm up to, man. Just come on IG and fuck with me. If you're from Birmingham, that's an automatic follow back, just so you know. Okay. No questions, okay. no drama. I'm going to hold you to that follow back. <laughs> I, really, I, really wanna, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure if we, if we follow each other, but I just know that you're a legend. And I had to check in just to uh, this good brother. I'm telling you, I hit him in the DM for the people that don't know. I hit him in the DM, straight DM, you know what I'm saying? Pause for the ones you know what I'm saying that's doing the pause, yeah. Like, for the ones, yeah, like you know what I'm saying. He got right back to me, you know what I'm saying? It was, a, I thought it was a bot for a second, I really did. Thought it was, it was like, <laughs> like, this is not Roy Wood, like, nah, man, it's all love for the crib, and you know, also, we still working on my sitcom, Jefferson County Probation. We shot the pilot here last year. Uh, we're still working, working on a rewrite and trying to get it back up on his feet. But, you know, that's something else I'm going to try and bring to the crib, too. So we're working. Okay, okay, okay. We're working. Mm. Roy Woods Jr., man, thank you. But, but for staying yes, sir. With, you know, 